0: Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, Joey McGuire talks scrimmages and spring standouts so far. We talk Tyler taking the wheel and the Colorado AD says, hello, fellow kids.
1: You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: We're going to start this thing off right. right.
0: Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And yeah, I'm talking to you specifically, those everydayers out there who are just rolling it back, running it back, rolling it back. One more again is what you're saying. Another round with Locked On Texas Tech. Especially appreciate those of you out there joining us. For each episode, he's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. You like football? Do you like football? If you do, you're going to like this episode because we're going to spend a lot of time listening in to head coach Joey McGuire as he visited with members of the Assembled Media this week, Chris, and a couple of scrimmages in the rear view. spring Spring game, pardon me, just around the corner Kind of getting into the meat of spring camp, I guess I would say, where you figure out just how much you actually enjoy the work, how much you enjoy the process, because while you've uh, had a couple of opportunities in team settings, again, two scrimmages now behind us, uh, haven't gotten into that spring game feel just yet. And I think sometimes, at least as a fan, I kind of do forget uh, it is work, day after day after day, repetition after repetition after repetition. And what I really think is interesting about this go around this spring, Chris, as you've touched on, some of the key guys that are not taking part in this shines a bigger light on some second or third string or fourth string type of guys, giving them that opportunity. So I'm sure there's been a heck of a lot to learn so far uh, whenever it comes to the coaching staff and and what they're finding out about some of their guys, some of those beyond uh, just the starters.
1: Yeah, you know, you know I, I think uh, spring football uh, at some level years ago what was different than it is now. And, and the reason is, is because when you have as many mid-year uh, additions as, as hmm. programs typically do, you, you just jumpstart the process. Because I think, you know, th- th- there were times when you would get th- these recruiting classes or a transfer or whatever, and they wouldn't show up until, say, June you know, and, and show up for summer school, you know, they're, they're just starting their process. And it may be mid-September, mid-October before they really grasped everything, before they, it really kind of, you know, you, you know, stuck with them as far as scheme or, or whatever, or, or just getting in shape. It, it, it doesn't matter what it is. But I, I think that this spring for, for Texas Tech, let's be honest, I mean, that so many of the, the new additions are going to factor in heavily. There are, they already are. Um, and I think that's why, you know, the, like springs for, for certain programs take on different meanings depending on what you're trying to replace or t- what you're trying to do or what the expectations are. And I think here, I mean, think about it, the, the offensive line we've talked about, the pass rush we've talked about, I and mean, all that is, is you know, based on the new additions. And, you know, even like uh, in, in a previous show this week, we talked about that potential injury to Rashad Williams. I mean, it's crucial for these these backup DBs or the, these young DBs to be getting all of these reps against first team type guys. And it, yeah. it speeds up their development. And and I think the biggest thing for, for this spring so far, knock on wood here, but um, so I'll do that um, and hit the old forehead, but you know, you haven't had the, in, that, that's what, that's the one thing you want to avoid is some major injury or, or, you know a situation like that and so far so good and that that's the way you want to keep it you want to keep that rolling football is tough and physical but so far uh been fairly injury free because you have so many guys sitting out that were injured in in the season and all that but yeah it's a kind of an all-star team that, that's been sitting out so far this spring <laughs> we'll get
0: to some specific guys uh, coach mcguire mentions in just a moment and also want to get to a thought from coach mcguire on what's going down in the quarterback room so far during this camp but first a general picture as it relates to how the scrimmages have gone up to this point and some of those that have stood out. Here is head coach Joey McGuire.
2: Probably two of the most physical scrimmages that I've been a part of um, on both sides of the ball. There's been some good on both sides of the ball, so that's always good to see. Um, and then it, it's great to see some young guys having uh, really good springs. Um, the three DBs, the three mid-years, we call them the triplets with uh, Sanford and and B.J. Jordan and, and uh, Chapman, um, really proud of those guys. I mean, they're they're going to be great football players. I don't know exactly when. Uh, we'll see if their body's ready to play this fall, but really happy with those guys. And then, um, you know, guys like Cam Valdez, uh, Steve Linton, uh, Miles Cole, just scrimmage-wise have really showed up. So, like where we're at.
1: Yeah, and I think he's he touches on what we just talked about. I mean, I think – I I think that when you look at uh, what this team could be in the fall, Cowan, I think that the development of, of the three guys he just mentions, Jordan Sanford, Brendan Jordan, and Chapman Lewis, that could be as key as anything on your team as it relates to how you're currently built and what your potential weaknesses are. And you need, you need one, uh, maybe two of those guys to really step up. And I know that they know they're going to be good players, but you just may need them, you know, sooner than later, uh, depending on, you know, injury situations and just and just depth and special teams and all those things. But um, look, Joey and them, they've recruited really, really well. And, you know, it may take a bit for you to see the fruits of that labor, but some of these guys are going to get fast-tracked. Um, and I, I, I like, I'll give you another example. One of the most high profile signees you had was Dylan Spencer. He was the four star kid that was rec- committed to Texas for so long and changed at the last minute, very highly recruited. And, and if you see him, you can understand why he looks the part he's like he's 25 years old. But he is going to be allowed to kind of, I think, come along a bit slower because you have so much uh, you know, ahead of him. And that's, this is a good thing. And that's the way it's supposed to work. I don't think that, you know, Sanford, Jordan and, and Lewis have as much of that luxury just because of, you know, Kobe minor, you know, departing and, and, you, and you've got these senior starting corners. And so but it's, it's nice to hear that they're kind of coming along nicely because that that should be music to your years, because that's going to be one of the questions with this team next year is depth in the secondary. Well, and
0: how about the other three guys uh, yeah. that he mentions there at the end? You want to hear. Uh, Their names mentioned by their coaches often leading up uh, to the season, and they're not in the category of, man, it'd be nice if they could provide some depth, or boy, what a bonus this guy would be if he could compete. No, when you're talking about guys like Cameron Valdez, uh, you're talking about Linton, you're talking about uh, Miles Cole, the three that he mentions there, they need to be in the mix day one. And some of those need to be at the top of the list as far as in the mix. Maybe not so much Valdez, but I know you're looking at Linton and you're looking – uh, at Miles Cole, to, to really be players for you this year. So I'm glad to hear that uh, they're flashing already.
1: Yeah, it, it, and I think, uh, you know, Tim, uh, deruter and, and Joey have said some things about how the defensive front could be better than last year. And people hear that and they scratch their head and go, how could this be? We just lost a top 10 pick. I mean, how, how, how is that possible? Um, and, I, and I think it's because the the totality of the group could be could be better and again you're, you're even talking about moving Josiah Pierre back to maybe middle linebacker but it's because of guys like Linton and Cole I think is is what he's touching on and then you add that to Joseph and then you've got still got Hutchings and Bradford and and, and so much still uh, around them and I hadn't seen uh, or heard much of, of Quincy Ledette who's another you know defensive tackle transfer that came in here that that it basically replaces the uh, the, the transfer that you lost, Vidal Scott from last year, but I think Miles Cole, Miles Cole is, is is got a chance to be drafted, um, and and you know depending okay. on what kind of step he takes, you know th- this season, I, I think he's got a chance to be drafted because of of his measurables. I mean, he he yeah. looks a lot like Tyree Wilson. You know, he's tall with long arms. He just there needs to be some production added to it. Spring is huge for a guy like that and just his development because. I think that his time is now. You know, I think you're trying to, um, you know, make him understand that, and he's not the same player as Tyree Wilson. Nobody is, but he he needs to really kind of take a next step. And it sounds like, according to Joey, he's really starting to stick out a little bit. This is good.
0: Yeah, and I'll give you a heads up uh, to wrap up the week tomorrow. We'll get back to some thoughts from Coach McGuire specifically uh, on that defensive front and the chance to actually you know, proceed to be possibly a better group than you were a season ago where you were really impactful. And also, he's talking Josiah Pierre. I thought some really interesting thoughts on uh, the move there for Pierre, who was, um, you know, becoming an effective player for you, obviously, and asked to do some different things this season. So you wonder kind of how that might impact what he already was, but also still being, of course, hopeful about what he could become uh, for Texas Tech in 2023. So we'll get back to that coming up on tomorrow's episode, so get back with us. And coming up next, we're back with head coach Joey McGuire as he's talking QBs, a pair of them, little different variety, but some similarities as well that should be exciting uh, for those two guys to hear is professional opportunity, at least according to Coach McGuire, uh, is down the road for them. We'll talk Shuck, we'll talk Morton, and we'll hear from Coach McGuire again coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by built bar and if you're looking for a delicious snack but you don't want all the sugar don't want all the calories i got what you need buddy that's built bar or built puff what makes them so good for starters covered in 100 real dark chocolate tastes so great you're not going to think they're good for you unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie cookies and cream not sure how they do it but they maintain amazing macros while tasting like a candy bar what's even better They're healthy, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait to get a box. You can always go to built.com to get your specialty flavors. But also right now, you can walk into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a four-bar box if you're at Walmart. Or if you hit Sam's Club, 13-bar box with Hit Flavors Brownie Batter Puff or the Churro Puff. You can thank me later after you try your first Built Bar. Joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris. I'm Casey coming at you from west of the 100th meridian in the great state where it's really going down and listening to some thoughts from Tech football head coach Joey McGuire on the program today. Uh, We're just talking scrimmages and, and some of what has stood out to Coach McGuire. Some of what's really standing out defensively, great to hear about, but of course, On the offensive side of the football, some really intriguing storylines to monitor heading into 2023. Uh, One of those involving the quarterback room, which in a way, Chris, a little bit surprisingly to me, I almost feel like has been diminished as far as the off-season storyline just because of the unadulterated success of Tyler Shuck to wrap up 2023. I, I don't know, you know, like halfway through last year, if you said, hey, you know, Smith's gone, but but Shuck and Morton are back uh, for 2023. I'm probably thinking at that time, again, halfway through last season or so, man, you're going to have a raging competition this offseason, and it should be uh, quite the conversation as far as debate is concerned. I'm not hearing that. I'm not feeling that. Not to suggest that we won't both see them. I, I'm sure <laughs> if you know how last year went. Uh, you'd want to leave some room to possibly see both of them still in, in 2023 and not to diminish Baron Morton because I know what he can do and what kind of competitor he is. But I I really feel like we're living in a world, even if they won't say it, where obviously Tyler Shucks got the steering wheel, right? And that's a bit of a surprise to me, I guess, given the way last season went before the finish and and that including a couple of regular season games where he played really well.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, I think we're in the midst of because it's funny I've done a, I've done some radio interviews with some some folks that that aren't like you know based in, in Lubbock and all those things and they're just they're talking Big Twelve and they they have uh, it's just funny how the quarterback position here or this this battle is perceived by different people from the outside in because I think there's people that if you're close to it, I, I think you, you you really get a sense that Tyler Shuck has emerged as as a I don't want to say clear cut leader, but I, I think closer to that than not. And it's nothing that Barron has has done per se. It's just more about what Tyler has done. And then there's there's people that would view that as like, well, we've seen that before. you know the, the, this, is, this is how it was last spring, and then we then we saw how the season played out. he couldn't stay healthy. And and so it's just kind of fascinating how this, because I think some people view the the quarterback position here as a big time strength, and I think other people look at it as a big time question mark for for some different reasons. I just know it's in good hands, um, and I, I think Tyler's had a really really good spring. I think Barron has had a pretty good spring too. Um,
0: what do you think is in that question mark column? Like, why would people look at it that way?
1: I, I and what I mean by that is is there a real battle going on do we even know who gotcha. the starter will be um c- 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 if they name a starter can that starter stay healthy so that's what i mean by that i guess is like kind of uh people aren't and, and the reason i bring it up is because you're gonna start to see it. it's already kind of started this is natural we'll get into a lot more of this uh in in the in the summer months when when spring ends but people start start to fill airtime with hey let's rank the quarterbacks you know let, let's who's going to be the all conference guy this or that and and i don't think shuck or morton are going to really get much credit there uh, on on a top 5 quarterbacks in the big 12 list they're not going to get credit for being a, an all conference candidate and that's fine and so that hence the reason like, well, Texas Tech must not be very good because but 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 there's reasons why. Yeah. yeah, there's reasons why that they're not going to get those accolades or be thought of in, in that way. And I think that's uh, that's understandable based on kind of what we know, what we've seen.
0: Well, and some of that, Chris, if I could just interject for a second, is in the simple fact that we as very lazy media members, uh, <laughs> need someone to tell us this is the starter, and I need to know before I put somebody on a preseason list that yeah. he's not going to wind up as the backup week one. These fools don't know from coast to coast, top to bottom, just like you're saying there. And I don't blame them, not that I'm following something else extremely closely yeah. elsewhere, but I don't think that that's a non thing. You know, I, I really feel like sometimes guys, when they're getting into this type of offseason or preseason stuff, they're like, Well, I'm not sure that they know they being Texas Tech, because they haven't really come out and just said it. So I don't really know. So yeah, I must assume that nobody's rising above. Where I don't know about you, but I feel like that's wholly inaccurate to the reality of the situation. Tyler Shuck is the guy, in my words, in my opinion. And that's not to suggest that's the way everybody would state it. But um, I think a lot of that plays into it as well, where guys are just like, well, if the program doesn't know, because they haven't made some grand announcement, uh, I'm not so sure that I'm going (laughs) to. You know, I'm not going to put Baron Morton uh, on a preseason list because I love him, and right. then all of a sudden he's he's QB two week one. What a fool I look like from the uh, Daily Manhattan News or
1: whatever. <laughs> right, Does
0: that makes sense. I know that's absolutely convoluted, but I no, think absolutely. <laughs> I I
1: I think I think you're more than likely as opposed to not to get some resolution here after the spring. And I think a lot of people, if you do get that, a lot of people will panic. A lot of people from the outside looking in will go, well, and I've already even heard this on, on some radio stuff uh, regionally and nationally. Well, whoever doesn't win that job that they're going to leave. And, and I just, yeah. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I just don't. Um, uh, and, and I, and th- I, I think, I think um, it, it's a competitive position. I think that you've got extreme, extremely talented duo here that can do some different things. And, and they're a bit different, but I just think one is older than the other. And I think that some of those differences are still at play here. And that's okay. Um, and I, I just don't get the sense that, that – um, you know, whoever doesn't win this job is going to just pack up and, and and move out of here. I just—it's just like don't... we already went through that gate. I felt like a
0: little bit where that would have happened, sort of. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that me—that being Tyler Shuck remains, and so you might have thought the other guy is not going to. But we talked about that on an episode a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. You might remember that if you're one of those everyday viewers or listeners. But uh, I, I don't want to be like just naive, but I almost feel like we crossed that bridge a little bit. Um, you're talking about some similarities, some differences between these two guys. Let's let Tech Head Coach Joey McGuire talk about it as far as their futures and their present. Here is, once again, Head Coach Joey McGuire.
2: You've got two guys that uh, I expect to develop and play on Sundays, you know, and, and uh, they, they've they played really well off of each other. Um, they've, they've had great springs. Um, when you see them physically, you know, Shucks 230-plus, you know, Barron's 215 um, so, you know, just body wise, they're in really good, a really good spot. I've um, been happy with both of those guys. You know, I feel we can go out and, and um, you know, we're in really good position.
1: And, and I, I think some may listen to to what Joey says there about those guys playing on Sundays and and be real excited. Some of people may hear that and roll their eyes. I'll be honest with you, I'm. De- I think he's dead on. I, I really do. I think if you if there's some patience shown, and and because I I think Tyler, based on what the NFL people come in and, and tell the Texas Tech coaches, whether it be offensive or the head coach or whatever, I I think they all view that if Tyler can just stay healthy, he, he's a he's going to be either picked or get a a gallon of coffee in the NFL and a chance to make an NFL roster just because he checks way too many boxes. He, he's very smart. Uh, again, I think he's uh, he's an athletic guy. He is, you know, increased his weight a bit. It hasn't slowed him down. I think he's very, very, he can get on the board and really talk offense with you in a variety of different ways about what defenses are trying to do. And NFL folks love that and he's got some confidence to him. And, and I think with Barron, you just can't teach some of that arm talent, man. And I think he sometimes relies on it a bit too much. Uh, but if if, if if there's some patience here and he kind of grows into uh, some of the other things, I, he's going to be special. Um, I just don't know if we're quite there yet for him to overtake Tyler. I could be wrong. Uh, I could have it misjudged. And, and again, I, I will maintain that you're going to need both guys this next season just because we talked about that all last season. There was what uh, – was there any Big 12 school that had their starting quarterback from start to finish? And I don't think there was. I mean, you can look across the board, um, and I think everybody had at least a game or two where somebody else started uh, for you. I mean, even even Max Duggan, you know, Heisman Trophy, you know, this and that. I mean, he, he still was a finalist and all that. He didn't ultimately win the job. He only got it because – uh, well documented that Chandler Morris got hurt in that first game. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, great call, um, Sonny. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, um, but but I, I just I, I think you're in really good shape here, and it and it excites me. I think you've got you know either way you're protected if they stay here, and I do think they will. And it's just fun because I think that the, the each other's presence makes the other one better. You know, because if 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 one of them wasn't here. It'd be a shoe in, you know, on who the the quarterback sure. was going to be. You would have brought somebody in for depth, and then you would say, "Yeah, we're we're letting them battle, or we're going to let them compete and all that." But we we would all know what the end result would be. But in this case, we just ultimately don't don't know. We kind of think we do, or the way it's trending. But we still have, you know, there, there's what five five months before you're going to play a game here, so a lot could change still. Yeah, and when I was thinking about uh, you know
0: how can someone consider it a question mark or something like that. I I would say more so if there's a question mark it's related to that, that involves the quarterbacks, it's related to Stephen Hamby's guys. If these guys are healthy, I expect them to be all conference S quarterbacks. I don't know which list you'd make, but they've both got that type of ability if they can be kept upright. So a question mark, I'm not so sure about that. I I think maybe uh, again, just tied into a little bit of the vagary that's been a part of this as far as public pronouncements. But if, you were watching Texas Tech games with either one of these guys involved a season ago, uh, I think you should have a, a pretty good idea of what they're capable of individually. Anticipating Tyler Shuck will be the guy that gets the first shot at it uh, when they trot it out next time around. But just like Chris said, a whole lot of time remaining until then. Okay, a little time remaining here with you today. Before we're out of here, we're going to wrap it up with a good old classic case of, hey, Colorado Athletics Director, what is you doing? Next on Locked On Texas Tech. Always glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And before we're out of here today, we must make a pit stop in the Pac-12. This is CW country. That's the new hashtag, I think, by the way. Uh, Chris We only touch on this today because something so entertaining played out in the last uh, 24 hours or so uh, that we had to mention it because it also involves the athletics department the university that you told us a little while ago uh, you might keep an eye on how inconspicuous uh, they've been so far, that being the Colorado Buffaloes and their receptiveness maybe to a Big 12 pitch. Uh, they're non-committal to the Pac-12 publicly, etc. So we've been keeping an eye on the Buffs, and then the Buffs done went and <laughs> did something that was worth keeping an eye on <laughs> this week, uh, accidentally, I would say. So if you're one of these sick and twisted people uh, who are on Twitter throughout the day monitoring realignment topics, uh, well, we could probably have a beer together because uh, I live in this neighborhood also to a degree, but you may be aware of some account that's called M H V E R three. I don't know what it means. I don't know who he is, where he is, but uh, well, actually I just looked and said, Charleston, West Virginia. We'll assume he's telling the truth there. Chris, this cat has 18.3 thousand Twitter followers. He tweets ad nauseum realignment thoughts. And I think for those of us who do kind of monitor this on a pretty consistent basis, I'll just speak personally. This is not a credible account to me. It's not one that I monitor for like great info or serious news. It's not uh, John Marchand and, and you from uh, the New York Post and the Sports Business Journal. It's not even Jason Shear from Tucson, Arizona. It's just one of those that throws stuff out very often. Now, because people are incredibly interested in these things, um, those who put out a lot of content on it, regardless of what it's based in, are going to get some attention if you do it often enough. And he's got that, so I don't begrudge him for that. But I just don't view this account as one that is really giving me stuff I buy into. I, I don't know how you feel about it or if you even had familiarity with it before. But anyway, some do. Apparently, Colorado's athletics director does not because if he did, I don't think he would have done what he did on Twitter. Rick George yesterday responds to a tweet. Uh, From the aforementioned account, the account says in the now deleted tweet, quote, heard from a source that Colorado board, board of regents may vote on leaving the pack as early as Monday, that being this upcoming Monday. So he throws that out there again, an account that throws stuff out all day, every day. Uh, And Rick George quote tweets this and says, there's absolutely no truth to this tweet. Now, again, the original one has since been deleted. That account says it was at the request of his source that he deleted the tweet. Uh, If you're a normal person supporting a family, working all day, every day, and you don't get on Twitter, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) And I envy you in a way. So just bear with us on this. But Chris, I know a lot of people do because realignment sickos are some of my favorite sickos. Again, I'm in the club. The Colorado Athletics Director just Voicing anything in general to someone like this, I think has struck a lot of people as very, very odd. So there's a little bit of the lay in the land leading into it. Now, how do we process or chop up some of the actual activity involved, Chris? Where do you start and how you viewed what went down?
1: Well, I, I was surprised that the athletic director at Colorado felt the need to to respond to this uh and and in in such a way just a random social media account i think there's been a lot talked about as it relates to colorado in recent days weeks uh and 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 all these schools look you know i mean we've had athletic directors and school presidents and all these folks doing radio interviews with arizona arizona state utah and all the, the four corner schools i guess is what they're termed now i was surprised though that he felt the need to respond but I, I would just say, and, and more often than not, when these things happen, when when schools have switched leagues, it really comes out of nowhere. That's the part that I'm a little leery about, because when whenever something happens, you just wake up one day and it is boom, like hey, a hey, And M's going to the SEC, Oklahoma, and Texas going to the SEC, <laughs> USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. You're like, oh my, you know, and. And so it, this has become a bit pu- more public now. Your commissioner has made it more public because he's not—he's been very transparent about it. And Brett Yormark, but I would just remind everybody: the athletic director is responding to a, a random tweet, and it just says the tweet. I think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here: Colorado will vote to leave the Pac-12 on Monday. He says that is that is false. That is untrue. Okay, doesn't mean you won't do it. You know I mean, you won't do it, you know, Monday night. It doesn't mean you won't do it. On, you know, you see what I'm saying? So they, they just dispel that particular rumor. Sure. But it, it, it speaks nothing of, of the ultimate outcome here. So I don't know. I just think this stuff is worth monitoring. And it's, it's, you touched on the CW too. They were, they were being reported as, okay, maybe they could carry uh, the bulk of some of this inventory. It's now been reported. <laughs> it's now been reported Clark, that they would have a minor piece uh, if if some if they are a part of, of some sort of media rights deal. It would be a minor piece in some football content, but by no means are they like the primary and and, and backing up the truck to pay you know big dollars for this. It would just simply be a second or third tier type of well,
0: situation. So and just yesterday, I was listening to the aforementioned uh, Marshawn and Urant. I hate to call them urine. that's why I go very French. Like I wasn't from spade, Texas. <laughs> You're on. <laughs> and, uh, they called it extremely unlikely, uh, as far as the CW that anything is going to be involved, Chris. And he, he was basically saying, uh, or they were basically saying they wouldn't even call the conversations negotiations. It was just like, hello, how are you? Uh, great to see you. See you again later down the road or something. Uh, what yeah. time does Moesha come on? Um, yeah. So I, I don't even know why that was out there. Like I, You start to wonder, like why do certain things make it into the news? Why do other things not? You think the Pac-12 really wants to be connected to the CW? I doubt it. If there wasn't like a chance there, I doubt it. So like, does that come from a Big 12 corner? Is there like, <laughs> does Brett Yormark's niece work for the CW? And they'll be like, oh, the Pac-12's talking to us? They'll hate for this to get out. Let's uh-huh. throw it out. I have no clue, but either way, the Colorado athletics director in Colorado, who has so far been uh very meek and mild during all of this, Chris, then responding to this is just wildly interesting to me because I don't know why. And I mentioned this to you You and I were talking on the phone prior to the show about some of this. I just wondered if this was another example of like, sometimes you get uh, people in, in powerful or influential positions and you think, all right, well, they're probably there. Cause they're, incredibly in touch with everything and they consider all angles uh and then you get reminders as you like become an adult that uh they may be the most out of touch people actually they're just winging it like everybody else and maybe even to a greater degree and i just wonder i don't know how out of touch or in touch rick george is but i wonder if he just gets on the old twitter machine and he sees this and he's like well this dude's got two thousand more followers than i do i don't really know he's just slinging realignment crap against the wall every day but i see that 18,000 supposed people are following him, so I better I better douse this flame. It's, this is like the New York Times, by God. I better douse this flame, and it's like, no, actually, you could have completely ignored it, and you and I wouldn't be talking about this today. Others wouldn't be tweeting about this yesterday and today, so maybe it was just a misstep entirely, and it wasn't like some calculated thing that actually uh, accidentally revealed something. I don't know. I might buy into a little bit of that as well, but I guess only time will tell. But uh, yeah, things continue to get more and more interesting in the, uh, well, possible realignment world. We'll see if uh, that actually comes to fruition or does not. Uh, but, man, just another fun time with an older dude on Twitter, right? I mean, that happens <laughs> occasionally. It's just fun Absolutely. to observe. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Enjoyed it, my man. Appreciate the time as always. And uh, we'll wrap it up tomorrow. Back around for another edition.
1: Thanks. Looking forward to it. Keep hope alive, people. If
0: you got it. And subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts if you haven't so far so you never miss an episode we want you to be in that everydayer category we're getting tattoos at the end of the year i think we've had some early discussions about that chris may go for a teardrop not quite sure not quite sure the face is the money maker but different kind of day and age now you know <laughs> face tattoos all the rage ceos of fortune 500 companies looking like mike tyson so you never know uh what we might get into with you everydayers out there all across the locked on texas tech fam damily For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Texas Tech.